You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sambrano. Host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, uh, you can't win if you don't score. I think that's that's pretty much the old adage as it goes, and that's what happened to the Rays. Shut out yeah. 3 nothing. Masahiro Tanaka pitched a gym. Uh, the, the Rays couldn't hit the splitter and a couple home runs by the Yankees, and that was the game. I mean, I, I, if I'm to glean a positive, it's the game was under three hours. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Honestly, that was the best part of the game, if you are a Rays fan, is but it was a quick death. Right. It was, uh, you know, n- not long and torturous as some have been. As the Urshela game, for example, right. was in, in May. But, you know, it was a very simple recipe by the Yankees. You know, a couple home runs. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka kept the offense quiet. I mean, we're talking only Meadows and Adamas had hits against Tanaka. Uh, and Nobody I got to be on first base. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was just not a good game. And I read the stat. This is the fifth time in the last seven games that the Rays have been held to three runs or fewer. And guess what? All of those five games in the last seven games have been losses. So what does this tell us? Three runs or less apparently are not getting us wins. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it's because... There's a difference between the offense and the pitching. We always thought that if we pitched well enough, we our offense didn't have to, uh, you know, be a, a, a Goliath sort of offense. Well, our pitching is apparently not doing what it needs to be doing the last seven games. Um, because if we cannot win by scoring three runs... Then we're going to be in trouble uh, for the rest of the season uh, with teams like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They're just going to get better, okay? <laughs> like we mentioned yesterday, right. they're going to get Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton pretty soon, and they're exactly. probably going to make a trade relatively soon before the trade deadline as well. And, and I mean, speaking about the pitchers, I would say in last night's game, you can't necessarily put that on the Rays pitching staff. No. I mean, Yanni Torino's. Quality it's a, start. The, a quality the, start. The it was a quality start. Job. I mean, against the Yanks, you got to expect that you're going to score more than three runs, and you can't win if, if you don't score anything. Like we mentioned, I mean that 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 was just kaput by the Rays. And I mean, really, if you're the Rays, you got to think four, five, six, seven, eight to be able to beat up on the Yankees, especially on the road at Yankee Stadium. Um, I saw a stat where the believe that believe it or not, the Rays have lost 19 straight series openers in the Bronx, including 13 of 14 series at Yankee Stadium. And That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then, moreover, against Masahiro Tanaka, who he's a solid pitcher. He's been good over the years, but he's no Clayton Kershaw. He's no Chris Sale. He's no Justin mm-hmm. Verlander. The whole league hits against him, except, against, I, but, but, but us. Except the Rays, for whatever reason. I... 
maybe because he throws off speed 70% of the time, but it seemed like every swinging strike was they were swinging above the splitter. Maybe, maybe just swing where it's not, swing under the ball and see if you can make some contact to it. And when they did make contact, it was like a weak dribbler or a, or a ground ball to the pitcher. That was about it. I mean, Austin Meadows hit, had the hit off the wall, which somehow he only got a single out of, and then he was caught stealing at second, which just kind of amplifies the, the raised issues last night. But um, and, and talk about, again, like Tanaka's not – a world beater except against the Rays in his last 23 innings pitched against the Rays. He's given up one earned run has had 23 strikeouts in one walk. Wow. If, if he just played the Rays all the time, he'd be the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just to- total dominance right there with those numbers. It, it was a shame. And, and you could see it happening. Um, from the get-go last night uh when avi pit uh, avi swung at that uh, first pitch i think it was in the second inning and it was just a ball uh, right, right out of the, right out of the hand and he just swung with all of his might i'm like okay this is not gonna be good and then that joey wendell at bat and i'm not gonna give joey wendell any grief because he literally just came back and everybody else struggled against Tanaka too and everybody struggled but his at bat he was just getting under the ball just like with this undercut swing trying to lift it off we just need traffic on the bases Mm -hmm. we just need some some rally going and it just seemed like everybody was just swinging for the fences and that's unfortunate they lose 3-0 there was no offense Yanni Chirinos had a sixth quality start of the season Against Shame. the Yankees lineup too, which right. you've got to give kudos to on the road. In the Bronx. And, uh, you know, whatever. We will get them tonight, but it was a forgettable game. And, and speaking about the, the Rays' struggles at the plate, um, Tanaka retired the last 15 batters, which when you look at, at the game, it, that, that's really not surprising. Um, and... He had swinging strikes on splitters. He had 18 of 23 swinging strikes on the splitter. So that was something that was working. I mean, Tanaka is just a guy, I mean, at least against the Rays, shows that you don't have to throw 99 to, to put together a, a solid start, to put, a, put, to put together a miraculous start. I mean, he was mixing his pitches. He had the breaking ball going. He's got like four or five different pitches. But for whatever reason, the Rays got to – Go back to the film room, analyze why are they struggling against Tanaka and why are other teams not really struggling against Tanaka? And, and some of it could be a mental game. Like we can never get a hit off this guy. Never hit this guy. Whenever yeah. they and it just, hit off. Yeah. It kind of just matriculates from there. But again, these are, these are big leaguers. Baseball is a game of adjustments. You got to learn, grow, and adjust and, and go back and, and figure it out. And, um, you know, again, give credit to the guy. I know the other team gets paid too, but with the way the Rays have been hitting this season up and down the lineup for the most part, um, it's really inexcusable what they were able to do against Tanaka. And, and I get, again, over the course of a 162 game season, there, there's going to be a handful of shutouts, if not more. Um, but to, well, the, you don't, you don't advance past first base. Well, the, the problem with, with this kind of offense and this kind of showing is to do it uh, against a team that's ahead of you in the standings. Mm-hmm. It's it, the problem with these kinds of performances is that you have a limited amount of games to beat up on them and at least try to have a 
somewhat 500 record against them mm-hmm. so that you can keep it close. We said it yesterday. Uh, out of the, uh, Now it's 10 out of the next 26 games. They face the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Okay, 10 out of the next 26. They cannot keep playing like this if they expect to play in October. And especially, yeah. And after They've done, of, yeah, you can't just stand, do it. Like the, the last homestand, too. That didn't help. You know exactly. what was a, a bad omen for me? I was driving home from my day job yesterday in Tampa, mind you, and mm-hmm. I drive past Steinbrenner High School, Ugh. a little bit south, drive past the Steinbrenner Boys and Girls Club, keep going south, I pass Steinbrenner Field, go a little bit further, and I pass the Yankee Scouting and Development Complex, all in Tampa. I was like, this, this cannot be a good sign for tonight's game. I, I'm seeing all yeah. these Yankees landmarks uh, and it's probably not going to turn out well for the Rays. And it's, you know, Tampa's basically the Yankees' second home. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we have to kind of have that around here. Um, it it, it kind of dampens the, 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 the spirit of the fandom, of the TB uh, Rays fandom, mm-hmm. uh, to have a team with so much history, okay, and, and so, so many accolades. It's... You know, for a sports fan, it's going to be easier to root for a team like the Yankees when some when it's so marketable. When when Jay Z has you know a New York Yankees hat, LeBron you know, James easy. has a LeBron New York Yankees James. hat. Okay. Yeah, he's from Ohio. Yeah, exactly. So it even happens with sports athletes. Okay, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. it, it's 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 just, it's one I I believe. It's one of the problems with the attendance in the raisins. But, you know, that's for another uh, three-hour show. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Just like yesterday's game, we'll keep our comments about yesterday's game relatively brief, and we'll move on to a team that uh, was able to beat up on another team within the Yankees organization. And that came in triple a, I believe it was over the weekend that the Durham bulls, the Rays triple a affiliate beat up on the Scranton. Now it's rail riders, not the Scranton Yankees anymore, which, you know, if you're, if you're a triple a ball club and you can take the Yankees name, I, I would, I would do that. But uh, Durham took two of three, but more importantly than that was the performance of a couple of guys on the farm in Brendan McKay and Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, Jake Cronenworth, uh, he's a shortstop, uh, but he's actually become a two-way player uh, since four innings ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he has four innings uh, this uh, season, uh, scoreless. Nobody has been able to uh, score off him. Um, he has been impeccable, two hits allowed. Um, he can be uh, a force to reckon with at the plate as well. He's batting a hefty 358 and an OPS over a thousand with uh, eight home runs and 35 RBI. So this guy is uh, not getting a lot of buzz and, and, and love from even Tampa Bay fans um, on, on their websites. 
um, waiting for him, but he has been putting up uh, really crazy numbers. On the other side, you have Brendan McKay, uh, who has not been uh, killing it at the plate. Uh, he's batting just under 200, but he does have three bombs, and three bombs were incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got power, no doubt. Wow. Um, but on the mound, he has been nothing but stellar mr consistent wow i mean 61 and two-third innings 83 strikeouts Mm -hmm. okay opponents have hit 161 off him the whole year in double a and triple a so these are two guys that are doing great Uh, they're doing great against uh yankee uh, hitters in fact mckay struck out both aaron judge and giancarlo stanton while they were doing uh, their rehab assignments with uh, the AAA team, uh, this guy looked good uh, against them uh, with their, his curveball. So we are talking about two two-way players that could possibly be September call-ups, mm-hmm. if not and sooner. If not sooner, where do you got? Where do you see these guys fitting in? Well, it's interesting because Jake Cronenworth, I mean, he if, if he continues to stay at AAA, I, I think there's little doubt that he would be named minor league player of the year in that league because what he's doing, hitting the cover off the baseball, leading the international league in batting average, and I, I believe on base percentage last time I checked. Um, and then also the Rays using him as an opener. Uh, I read where he throws between 94, 96 miles an hour and has a swing and miss curveball. You're talking about a guy that's hitting 350 in the minor leagues and has that kind of stuff on the mound. And like you mentioned, he's not getting virtually any buzz or love. In fact, among the Rays' top 30 prospects across multiple outlets, mainly MLB.com, he's not even listed in the top 30. And I don't know if that's because he's 25 years old, but Brent Honeywell is 24 years old. Brendan McKay is 23 years old. You got to wonder why that is. Maybe he's kind of a, a little bit of a late bloomer. He was a seventh round draft pick out of Michigan, and it's he's kind of been grinding through the minor leagues the past couple of years. And and this has kind of been his his breakout year. He's never been you know a 350 hitter or really a 300 hitter in the minor leagues before. I think last year he batted around 250 in Double A or so. But a guy that's performing this well in Pitching and hitting, I know his defense is a little bit shaky in the middle infield. This is a guy I just want to at least see what he can do in the majors. Why not? Yeah, I know. He's he's proven everything he could pretty much at at the minor league level. And, and a guy who's a little bit of a kind of an unsung hero. He's he's not nobody talks about him, you know, in the same breath as as Wander Franco or Brent Honeywell or or even Brennan McKay, his cohort. Um, so, so this is a guy I would definitely like to see in September, if not sooner, and see what he can do. Um, and what do you think would happen to a lineup dynamic when you have some two-way players um, playing? We obviously know that the Rays don't want to use Brendan McKay uh, as a position I think, player. I think what's going to happen with Brendan McKay, just my opinion, is he's going to transition, I think, almost completely to being – a pitcher, just what he's done. I know he's, I mean, if you're hitting under 200 in triple a, you're, you're, 
you're probably going to struggle in the big leagues with hitting the baseball. But if you need them in a pinch and in an emergency and it's a good lefty-righty matchup or something like that, then maybe throw him in there. But I, I think long-term, he's going to st- settle into that starters-pitchers role. While Jake Cronenworth seems to have a little bit more versatility in the sense of he's – I don't think there's – anyone that's going to say he's going to be a frontline starter or anything like that, but maybe an opener, a, a guy who can pitch a relief inning here or there while he, he plays every day. And it, it just gives your, your roster more flexibility. And uh, with, with a lot of teams that only keep three or four position players, it, it just gives you a, a lot more room to work with. And, um, you know, I think that really the utilization of two-way players, I think is kind of the next wave that the, the Rays are, are trying to hit on. We, we've, you know, they, yeah. they've done the opener thing. They've done the shift. Um, they've, they've focused on utility players. They, they've put more of an emphasis on finding guys who can flash the leather. Whereas in the past, it, it, it there were really no defensive statistics that you could rely upon or advanced defensive statistics, but the Rays were kind of revolutionary with that. And I think two-way players is that next thing, that, that market inefficiency that the Rays are going to try to take advantage of. It would be very interesting to see how they uh, are able to manage a lineup, a roster with players that can do both things. Now, like right now, I think Brendan McKay could could be called up in the majors and do just fine. And, and I think he would be successful yeah. with his numbers and and the video clips that we've seen from AAA. He seems like he's got mm-hmm. the right stuff. And and Cronenworth uh, could come in as a DH, and and I think he could. Definitely be serviceable at the very least. With I, I just I, I watched some clips of him in the minors, and I know the minors is different from the majors, but just his approach at the plate um, and being able to take pitches. I, I think he's got a, a pretty low strikeout and walk rate, and, and of course he's tearing the cover off the ball. And he's, he's got some speed as well. I know, you know, the, the defensive issues are another thing, and, and the Rays have some some middle infield depth that they can work with, but a guy that could definitely hit at the, the next level. I necessarily I wouldn't necessarily want to see him, you know pitch right now in the majors or anything like that i think that's something that and maybe that's why they're keeping him in the minor leagues to continue to work on that two-way player aspect do you think the mornings do you think it was a a little bit of a seeker because he had been promoted as a two-way player for a while without doing so and then he just now finishes fourth um inning pitched uh two days ago now do you think this was by design? Because he was a college uh, two-way player, he you know, in a few years ago. Do you well, think they, they kept it under un, uh, uh, under wraps, saying, "Hey, look, we're going to do this, but only in AAA for you"? I think so. You know that that's really a good point because he wasn't even on the forty-man roster, and um, coming out of Michigan, he actually expected to be drafted as a pitcher. And when his name was called, it said the Rays draft. Jake Cronenworth, second baseman out of Michigan. He was like, what? I, I thought I was being drafted as a pitcher by all these teams. So I think it was kind of the, for lack of a better term, the long con by the Rays and, and kind of the long-term approach of, all right, we're going to draft him as a position player. We know he's got an arm. We know he can throw the heck out of the ball. Let's see how this two-way player thing works out. And, and we're seeing it with other players too in their organization. Um, you know, I feel I think- like this is the same um- – idea that they're doing with Yanni Chirinos in the beginning of the of the of the year mm-hmm. kind of like not telling him that he's going to start and then he's like hey here's the ball kid start without a without an opener right kind of like to take off the the, the pressure the I pressure. could see that definitely and also just when 
the Rays drafted Brendan McKay, two-way player, and, and you started to hear more two-way players popping up and showing up. You know, I think the Rays probably in spring training figured, well, this guy's got a heck of an arm. Let, let's give it a shot too. Let's let's see. Maybe they were kind of as they were looking into that two-way player marketplace, they looked in their farm system and said, who's been a pitcher before at the college or, or high high school level and see if we can um, give them a shot. And, and uh, you know, I think you make a good point in letting them get into a rhythm in the minor leagues after a couple of years. And then instead of throwing it all at them at once, sort of like they did with Brendan McKay of pitching and hitting, well, okay, master the plate. Okay, you're you're clearly doing that. You've clearly done that. Let's see if right. you can throw a couple innings here and there. And and it's certainly working out for for Jake. Yeah, Cronenworth. he's certainly done that. Uh, he, he, he nobody's been able to score off him just yet. It's very small sample size, mm-hmm. of course, but uh, he's been very successful. But if he can far. be a guy that that pitches after the opener or is able to give you an inning here or there, that opens up tons and tons of opportunities for at the very at the very least a trade piece right so right uh it'll be very interesting to see how how the Rays uh do that if they will be september call-ups if they will be call-ups even before that Mm -hmm. like you said before september so uh for our listeners uh please uh tweet at us at locked on rays and tell us what you think about these two guys uh will we see them in september or before um, because the Rays have a lot of pieces that are very versatile, and uh, they have to make some moves, mm-hmm. especially with a team like the Yankees making moves. And a lot of other playoff contending teams making moves as well. Um, and, I mean, we talked about it before. The Yankees are just going to get more reinforcements, and you look at the Rays still trying to work back Tyler Glass now. I know he threw a bullpen session recently, but Jose Alvarado apparently has to basically go through kind of a uh, an abbreviated spring training. So it's it's going to be a little bit before he comes back. So pretty soon the Rays are going to have to start thinking and thinking about what their next move is, whether that is bringing some call-ups or trying to find a trade partner and go from there. So uh, moving on to tonight's game, we've got uh, the opener strategy. Ryan Stanek with a 2-4-5 ERA will be going up against Yankees left-handed pitcher J.A. Happ, who this year has a 4-6-6 ERA and a 114 whip in 75 innings. Uh, and I think Happ got beat up by the Orioles in his last start. So this is a guy that you, you got to be able to take advantage of. I, I just uh, – this is a stat that, I, that just – um, I was looking up while researching him. He has already allowed 17 home runs by the opposition in less than half a season. Okay, we, we in 71 games, he's allowed 17 home runs. His season high was last year when he allowed 27 home runs. Now, he is on pace to break that. Okay, mm-hmm. so this could be the pitcher that leads the league in home runs allowed. We can only hope that the boys in gray tonight will be able to use that sandbox that they call Yankee Stadium to their advantage mm-hmm. against Jay Happ and 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 make him pay for um, you know pitches that are right. poorly located, uh, either fastballs or breaking balls, and and he's a lefty. So I know the Rays haven't had great results w- with a lefty on the mound, but. Maybe Yandi, Tommy Pham, Avisael Garcia can step up and do their job 
and and get that that victory for the race. And maybe even Mike Zanino can hit one out, or, or Willie Adams can, who got one of the hits yesterday, can can put something together as well. And with all those home runs given up, you you think maybe. J.A. Hapshire just played for the Orioles. They seem to give up a lot of runs. He seems like they're their uh, prototype pitcher right there. But uh, again, that's a guy that you got to take advantage of that. Throw away yesterday's game. It's over. It's done with. Move on and and just move forward like Kevin Cash says all the time and, and like many managers and coaches say, one game at a time. And, th- and that's true, especially with a 162-game season. So that'll do it for today's show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at LockedOnRays. You can also email us at LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Of course, if you want to be a featured sponsor of the show, you can reach out to us as well at that same email address, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Again, I'm Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rays.